I mean, at first there was no comprehension. I mean, how do you comprehend that? You know, it's almost like someone laces your coffee with LSD and doesn't tell you. That would be one hell of a way to kick off your morning. This is Driving with Strangers. I'm Sam Harnett. I interview passengers in a rideshare. In every episode, I mix together responses to one question. Today, I ask riders about out-of-body experiences. They'd pronounce me dead, and... It felt like I was going somewhere, but I, I never knew where I was going. It was like a computer rebooting. Like, I, I didn't even know who I was or what I was or my name or anything. An out-of-body experience. Oh, weird. Oh, you have? Well, that one time when we did when we did edibles on 420, that oh, was Oh, yeah, weird. that was! <laughs> I expected to get some stories about drug use with this question, but I didn't anticipate this next passenger's story. Her out-of-body experience came right after she woke up one night. I, I opened my eyes and sat there going, my God, something is happening right now, and something did happen. First I felt him, and I saw the image of a man standing in my doorway. What did he look like? Actually, it almost sounds Jesus-like, but I'm going to say it. Longer hair, and I felt like he was dressed in white. Not robes, but white. She says after the intense experience of meeting this visitor, everything in her life changed, and for the better. I met somebody that I fell in love with. My job picked up immensely. My kids were all doing incredible. I was going through a court battle with my ex-husband. Um, he was fighting for full custody. We got joint custody, and then I ended up getting the kids full time. I pick up this next passenger in the middle of the afternoon. She's dressed a bit like a punk. That's part of the reason our conversation surprises me so much. When I turned 16, I became the black sheep of my family and became the only Holy Roller, a.k.a. Christian, in my family. The name Holy Roller is often derogatory, meaning people who roll around on the floor in religious ecstasy, talking in tongues and trying to get in touch with God. I mean, I sound crazy to most people. Like, I've seen angels, I've seen demons. She has visions, premonitions, and hallucinations that make her feel out of body, like this one night. So I'm driving down the street, not even like really thinking what I'm asking. I'm like, oh Lord, open my eyes. And um, across the street, on the corner, I see this man in white. And it's just like the Bible says. It's like the Bible says their appearance is like lightning. It was an angel, she says, and it terrified her. This next passenger's out-of-body experience happened on a plane. I woke up, I can move my eyes, but I literally couldn't move anything else. I assumed that the reason I couldn't move was because I was like, well, plane must be crashing, there's like so many G-forces, I'm just like pushed against the thing. Then I looked around and everyone else was like, just like reading their like, <laughs> sky mall. So I was like, I was like, oh man, everyone's so cool and they're dying and I'm like here like stuck in the chair. Okay, so obviously he wasn't dying. He's talking now. Uh, he had sleep paralysis. It's when your mind wakes up, but you can't move your body. It's a terrifying sensation. In folklore, it's often explained as a ghost or demon that comes and sits on your chest.
one day just randomly like on the internet I stumbled upon what Alice in Wonderland syndrome was and I read it and I was like wow I'm like 95% sure this is exactly what I experienced yes Alice in Wonderland syndrome it's actually named after Lewis Carroll's book during episodes people have the same experience as Alice things change size and you lose all sense of proportion it started happening to the passenger when he was about six all of a sudden the whole room would start warping and I would like look at my dresser and just my whole vision would warp and it would kind of like zoom in and all I could see is the dresser and it would like be zooming in and out in size and I'd kind of freak out and the room would go back to normal and then I'd look at something else like a clock and my whole vision would focus on that and it would get really big. And he tried to explain it to his parents but they thought he was just having a bad nightmare so he kept the episodes to himself until his teens. By that point He'd stopped having them. Did you try to figure out what was going on when you were doing you like? Yeah, I mean the first the first couple times, it was so paralyzing that I would just deal with it for a little bit, and then I would just eventually fall asleep, you know, and it would just be like one of those sad nights falling asleep, like not crying, but just like ridiculously scared. I asked him what triggered the episodes. He says they happened after intense moments with his family, which was often. His parents were going through a divorce. As we talk, he has this realization. Um, that's funny, because my parents divorced around six, when I was six, and I just realized because of our conversation, that's around when I started getting the Alice in Wonderland syndrome, maybe there's a correlation there. We've only been in the car for about 15 minutes when we arrive at his destination. It's an incredible story. Thanks for telling me that, that yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever shared that story with anyone, actually. My really? entire life, yeah. I don't think, not in depth, not even my parents, I've never gone that in depth with them. I was going to say, is this off now? Or yeah, hold on, let me, let me turn off. Yeah. yeah, turn off for one second. This next passenger's out-of-body experience was also caused by family conflict. She was about five years old. Her parents were in the airport, having a huge fight. Slow motion, out-of-body, I like could see my dad take off his ring and throw it. As the ring flew through the air, she felt herself outside of her body, like someone in the terminal watching them. I remember vividly like the bouncing of the ring on the floor and totally out of body. I could see it all, the whole thing, like people staring and my mom going after him. She says the intense emotion and confusion could have triggered one of her seizures. She used to get them when she was little. So it, it, it felt like a seizure? Yeah, kind of. Do you think it might have been? It may have been. This last passenger story has become part of his family lore. It started one afternoon by the pool. He was wearing his little arm floaties and standing at the edge of the deep end. I was pretty sure I would be able to swim without the floaties. Um, and so I took the floaties off and jumped into the middle of the pool. I, you know, swimming, swimming, swimming as hard as I possibly could. Um, couldn't keep up and I start drowning. At first it was like tons of struggle, but as it kept going, I became really, really calm. It was like just a very, very brief moment of feeling almost completely dissolved into nothing. While I was out of consciousness, paramedics had come and had actually 
pronounced me dead. My heartbeat stopped. They tried the defibrillators again. Nothing was working, and the paramedics looked at my mom, and they were like, whatever you were doing before, do it again. And so my mom again started screaming, get his soul back down here. And I came back too. What that experience gave me is that there is something um, beyond what I know. It's, I, I can't really say like what it is, but I know that um, it's given me something that is like beyond what I'm able to put a finger on. To subscribe to the show, go to drivingwithstrangers.org. To hear us on the radio, tell your local station we're available on PRX. The music today is Interpretation by the Braja Waldman Quartet. I'm Sam Harnett. Drive safe and keep listening.